You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Or shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around to grab your happiest thought. And let's fly away with me, your Spider-Pan Jeremy, to Neverland. Because we haven't done it in a whole week. And going a whole week without flying to Neverland is really depressing. But if you think that was bad, uh, Eric hasn't gotten to fly to Neverland in, golly, it's been two weeks. How are you dealing oh with this? Oh my goodness. I, 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 I deal what I can, but I'll tell you, I can certainly use a dose of Neverland this week. Yes, indeed. I can <laughs> certainly use it. It's been a busy week, but oh my goodness. Speaking of getting a dose of Neverland, did you know that next weekend was Planet Comic Con? Yes, I do. I do. And did you know I'm on my way out to Kansas City for it? And did you know Adrian Roth is coming with you on a separate flight? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in fact, did you know that Adrian Roth is a lead story producer for Disney Infinity, and he also happens to be a published comic book artist, you know, with titles such as uh, The Pink Panther, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Casper the Friendly Ghost, and his own title, Chim Chum and the Portly Samurai, all being published and uh, out currently. And did you know Chim Chum is actually really funny? <laughs> oh, yes. In fact, I know the inspiration for Chim Chum. Was it you? No. no. <laughs> but yes, so our, our panel, it will be on this Friday the 16th at 3.30. I don't remember the room number, but when you get your program at Planet Comic Con, you can look it up. Make sure you come there. Uh, we are planning on having some giveaways. Uh, I'm working on one, actually, even right now as we speak, that I want to find, like, the biggest Neverland fan who shows up there, and I've got something cool for you that I'm putting together. And Adrian, I think, is one wants to bring some fun stuff, too. Uh, so it's going to be a whole lot of fun, but Adrian Ropp will have a booth there the entire weekend, and he's going to be what, selling copies of, of, of a Chim Chum book, <laughs> signing stuff, selling some art, I think. Yep, definitely. And hey, if you even happen to have an unopened uh, Disney Infinity figure, they'll be happy to sign that for you as well. Oh my goodness, I guess I shouldn't have opened and played with them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in fact, well, you know what? I'll do you even one better. Why don't you bring your copy of Disney Infinity with you and he'll sign that. Oh, well, now see, that I could do. I definitely could. That, you know, that's not a bad idea, but, you know, Kevin Conroy is going to be there, too. Maybe I should bring a, one of those Arkham Knight games, you know, and have him sign that for me. 
Oh, yes. Well, you know, actually, I am half tempted. I've got a piece of Adrian's, which he doesn't sell anymore, from the... Uh, uh, there's a storyline a few years ago in Batman called uh, uh, The Night of the Owl, or... The Court of Owls? Oh, no, that. Yeah, yeah, The Court of Owls, which uh, he uh, actually uh, put a picture of it out on Twitter, and the author of that storyline, Scott Snyder, tweeted it back, said, hey, great job. And uh, Scott Snyder is going to be at uh, Comic-Con as well. Woohoo! So, yes, lots of comic creators there on Artist Row. Then you can add Jim Cummings and Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche and Jess Harnell and Matthew Lewis from Harry the, po- Harry, Harry the Potter films, I was going to say. Harry the Potter <laughs> films! Uh, just so much Sting, Lita, and Trish Stratus for all you wrestling fans. Yeah, was yeah, there we uh, that was uh, coming from next door to me, so uh, pay that no attention and no mind, because this microphone is picking up all the sound around me today. <laughs> but it's going to be a ton of fun. you got a whole weekend of fun, so if you're planning to come to Planet Comic Con, make sure you find us and say hello. Eric will probably be at the booth with Adrian. I will be wandering around like an idiot, as usual. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to be at booth 1338. Uh, and our panel with Adrian, uh, as I mentioned, is going to be on Friday. It's going to be at 3.30 p.m. in room 2505B. B is in Bravo. Awesome. <laughs> and that's one of Eric's children. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay. But you know what was fun last week was having thrown in a little extra Disney audio. So whatever audio I choose to play, play now. Got a whale of a tale to tell you lads A whale of a tale or two About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved On nights like this with the moon above A whale of a tale and it's all true I swear by my tattoo There was Mermaid Minnie Met her down in Madagascar She would kiss me Anytime that I would ask her Then one evening Her flame of love blew out Blow me down and pick me up, she swapped me for a trout. Got a whale of a tale to tell you lads, a whale of a tale or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved on nights like this with the moon above. A whale of a tale and it's all true, I swear by my tattoo. There was Typhoon Tessie, met her on the coast of Java when we kissed. I bubbled up like molten lava, then she gave me the scare of my young life blow me down and pick me up she was the captain's wife got a whale of a tale to tell you lads a whale of a tale or two about the flapping fish and the girls i've loved on nights like this with the moon above a whale of a tale and it's all true i swear by my tattoo then there was harpoon hannah had a look that spelled out danger my heart quivered when she whispered, I'm there, stranger. Bought her trinkets that sailors can't afford. Sailors can't afford. And when I spent my last red cent, she tossed me overboard. Got a whale of a tale to tell you, lads. A whale of a tale or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved. Nights like this with a moon above. A whale of a tale and it's all true. Where by my tattoo. 
Okay. All right. So this is kind of just a fun thing. We're going to run through some of our usual Disney news, but we're doing it differently. I hope you all enjoyed how things were last week because I kind of enjoyed doing it that way for when we don't have like a big topic to discuss. And we're just going to talk some news. Let's just, you know, radio format this thing. And the first thing I want to talk about was you all remember, remember last week I mentioned, what were they called? Like Vroops or something. They were these little bird-like creatures from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 that they have now brought in. They are part of the collector's collection there in uh, over in uh, uh, Disney's California Adventure as part of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Well, the fun thing mm-hmm. is, and if you go to the Disney Parks blog, you should be able to find this and find the pictures. Dave Bautista... Drax the Destroyer himself showed up to check out the birds, and there's some fun photos they had on the blog of him looking at the birds and going and, and riding the ride and stuff like that. So very, very cool. Uh, I think sometimes Disney stages these celebrities to visit just so they can get these photos. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. But uh, still, you know, it, it's a good thing to see the, the people involved in the creation of these rides, whether they're an Imagineer or they're an actor that appears in it. It's great to see that they're participating and being able to enjoy a little bit of, you know, what they've been creating and working on for all of us. Yep. Okay, so now we we get some bad news. <laughs> uh, well, you know, bad news for some people, great news for certain corporations, sure. but uh, <laughs> we take it as it is. Um, every year it is inevitable. Sometime in February, Disneyland and Walt Disney World announce uh, their new prices for the year, and that took place on February 11th, effective immediately. The Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts uh, changed their ticket and annual pass pricing, uh, and uh, it's it's come at a bit of a shock to uh, several people. Not that this change was coming, but uh, the increases are a little bit more than what we're normal uh, what we normally are accustomed to seeing. Um, there's a wide variety of pass prices and changes, and uh, you can compare. There are sites out there such as on LaughingPlace.com where you can go and you can compare what the current price is against uh, what the former price was. Um, some of the big changes: um, if you're looking at a one-day one-park ticket, uh, you got to remember that uh, when you're doing a, a, an individual ticket like purchase like this, they've got three tiers. They have uh, uh, value days regular days and uh, peak days and these change depending upon the day of the year that you go on whether they anticipate it to be uh, uh, a busy day or not it's kind of like surge pricing so you know if you've ever used uber and uh, you're at a high peak time for travel uh, you're gonna find that you're paying a little bit of a higher price to travel at that time than what you might normally do at a different time of the day when there's not such a demand for traffic or, or for assistance. And that's kind of the way that uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World have been working for the past couple of years. Uh, to take a look at a few of the prices, if you're just spending one day and going to a single park uh, and you're going on a value day, well, in that case, you've got no change. That's still $97 at Disneyland. But if you are um, going for 
uh, on one of the regular days. The price has gone up from 110 to 117, and on the peak days, it's gone up from 124 dollars to 135 dollars. Uh, and those are all prices for an adult. If you're a child. Uh, Again, there's no change for the value days, but if it's a uh, regular day, it's gone up from $104 to $110 or from $118 to $127 for their peak days. Of course, peak days, uh, we're pretty much looking at holidays, um, uh, weekends, uh, just just times at the park. It's definitely going to be busier than at other times of the year. Uh, So you're definitely going to want to make sure that you take a look at the prices. Um, If you're planning on taking a trip and haven't yet bought your tickets, uh, there are some places, some travel agencies, where you might be able to still get the lower price uh, if you hurry and book the package through them. Uh, the big change, however, is not just in these uh, individual day tickets, but it's in the uh, annual pass price. Now, Disneyland... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, it looks like it's gone up like uh, like $30 on that. But uh, uh, I guess, though, the main thing, if you're going to go to Disneyland or even Walt Disney World and you're trying to save some money, like these value days would be like in the middle of the week or during the slow season, like January, February, you know, when it's not uh, peak park times so you know if you're if you want to go like especially at walt disney world if you want to park hop i'd recommend do like a you know tuesday wednesday thursday three day type of thing or four day go you know for friday you know but you know try to pick your days i think when i had went we we came in on sunday so we did a sunday monday tuesday and so we were able to hit all four parks in three days and so we were able to get those value prices and we went at that last part of August where school had started, so the, the prices kind of dropped. So definitely you know, do a little check-in and see when things aren't going to be quite as busy so you make sure you get those value days in. Uh, so I mean, if you're really careful and you plan it, uh, then you can really, you know, you can still save yourself the money overall. So there are ways, to, if you want to go to Disneyland, you don't have to pay the price increase, as you mentioned with like the one-day park passes. So... You're just going to have to be smart about your ticket buying. But, uh, yeah, you got hit with stuff with the annual pass, huh? Yeah, the annual pass saw some pretty significant increases. Now, uh, Disneyland has got uh, five tiers of passes. Uh, they begin with the uh, Southern California Select. Uh, this is a pass that's it's got heavy blackouts on it, but it's uh, available exclusively to uh, people who live within Southern California. Uh, that price went up $30 to $369 for the year. Uh, The next level is Deluxe. Uh, Again, there's still a number of blackout days. Not as many as the SoCal Select. Uh, Pretty much uh, with the Deluxe, you're looking at uh, uh, blackout days around major holidays like Easter or Christmas, um, Thanksgiving, uh, but also most Saturdays throughout the summer, it is blacked out. Now that price uh, for that card went from $619 to $729, so $110 increase Ouch. for that pass. Yeah. Now, the uh, next tier is Signature, and this is the pass where uh, it had a two-week blackout period, uh, specifically the week before and after Christmas. Uh, that pass went up from $849, uh, $150 to $800, or I'm sorry, to $999. So it is just right at the $1,000 mark for about uh, 330 days of Disneyland. Um, The Signature Plus is the highest for the Disneyland only uh, passes. That went from $1,049 for 365 days of access to Disneyland. It went up $100 to $1,149. So uh, some pretty big increases, a lot of talk and discussion. Uh, 
uh, throughout uh, the Disney sites on the internet about that. Mm-hmm. You know, but Disneyland wasn't the only one affected. Uh, Disney World also had uh, a number of changes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm noticing their- though with the Signature Plus, it actually mm-hmm. had less of an increase than uh, some of the other ones. Yes. So, but but that's still an expensive. I mean, that's over a thousand dollars for that, and I guess that's just one person. Exactly. So, exactly. So, you know, when you're talking about a family of five like mine, yeah. uh, it's it's a pretty significant uh, increase, and uh, you know, a, a lot. There has been a lot of talk about you know um, Disneyland being crowded, um, too many people in the park at one time to really enjoy your time spent there and I'll, I'll be honest this is a discussion that my family has had the last few times that we have gone to disneyland you know so are we really getting uh the benefit out of the passes that we have been uh and so you know for us it may be time for us to reconsider uh if it if we do need to, to continue with a, an annual pass uh mm-hmm. We haven't made a decision yet, but, uh, you know, we've been, uh, we're kind of looking at what our options are and, uh, we'll go from there And you know, I'm sorry if it's going to affect the quality of, uh, the content that we can bring you on a regular basis. Uh, but you know what, for us, even if, uh, we end up not renewing our passes, there is still a whole world of experiences out there that have nothing to do with the Disney park that we can still get out and still enjoy. And, uh, you know, my family were able to travel, so you know, if di- even if Disneyland isn't an option, we've still got a world of adventure out there for us. Yeah, and I've still got a lot of audio that I haven't gotten any chance to play yet that you've recorded at the parks. So, uh, but overall, those are the big ones at Disneyland. Walt Disney World had has some pretty minor uh, increases, so that's not too bad. It's Disneyland that seems to be the real target of this, and I think it really is trying to limit the annual passes because they have had overcrowding. I even just saw an article this week. They were talking about uh, there are, like, fan gangs or whatever where they all kind of dress, you know, they kind of look like biker gangs or whatever, and they're just fans. Yep, and yep. they're But they just go, and they'll take over a ride with everybody there. And, you know, I don't see really much problem with that, but I guess they've had two groups that are kind of being a little nippy on each other and causing a small minor problem. But they might, uh, I guess they might just want to be careful about, you know, if you have a large group that's all going to show up and suddenly they're the only ones that are on a ride and nobody else can get on it, that I could see might be a little bit of a problem if you happen to be a tourist. Because like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want to ride this, but now this entire group, they're all dressed in these leather vests and they're all over the ride and... I want to get on, too, and wow, they made the my weight go really long, but, you know, you're still going to get on the well, ride, but you may have to wait a little longer, I guess. Yeah, you know, and, and to be honest, you know, whether somebody's in line wearing a jacket or not, yeah, the line's going to be as long as it is. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, with, with this particular situation, it sounds like one group wanted to uh, create a charity event, and the other group uh, kind of said, well, if you want to do that, you need to pay us money to do it, and things uh, yeah, escalated from there it so like one group was felt like they were like if you don't pay the art to our charity then we're going to cause problems for you and all this all kinds of you know everybody's got different stories going back and forth and i'm like okay can't we all just enjoy the fact that we're here at disneyland <laughs> exactly exactly we all paid good money we all paid an awful lot of money yes some of us more than others apparently uh, well, you know, there. I do know somebody who uh, did get a chance to go to a Disney park this week. Yep, and we'll talk about him when we come back from... Uh, let's play a Disney song, just to cheer us up. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so yes, somebody got to go on Monday because there was a sports ball game last week. Maybe you heard of something called like, I don't know, the Mega Bowl or the Cereal Bowl or no, but I guess it was the Super Bowl. So well, I thought it was the big plate. Oh, yeah, I, I, I thought maybe it would have been too. But so Nick, Fo- I, I don't know if it's Foles or Foles and all the, everybody from Philadelphia is going to be very angry with me, but he was the MVP, most valuable player. He's the quarterback of the the winning team, the Philadelphia Eagles. So congratulations, all of you in Philadelphia. Uh, I wish you hadn't have accidentally had a bit of riots. I, I, I don't, some of the things I don't understand is when your team wins, people, you know, I understand taking to the streets and yay, but why do they turn over cars and tear down the, the, the posts? I don't know. In Kansas City, when the Royals won the World Series, we didn't have that problem. We did have a huge party, though, uh, a couple days later, big organized thing out of Union Station, and we filled the city, and it was great, but no cars got turned over, no, nothing got tore down. Let us be the example. Don't tear your city apart. Come on. But anyway, <laughs> so Nick Foles, of course, got to be the person as the MVP to say, I'm going to Disney World. And so, of course, on Monday, he was there, and they have a big parade. And so he got to be on a float with Mickey cruising down Main Street with it looks like green and white confetti flung all over the place. Uh, there's a lot of photos actually on the Disney Parks blog with him enjoying the ride and stuff like that. They have some video of it. This is something, of course, they do every year, so it's not like a big surprise. But it is just a very, very cool uh, that you know they do this sort of thing. It's kind of good cross promotion, I guess, between the NFL and uh, and and Disney. And maybe this means one day Disney will buy the NFL. <laughs> Probably not, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've been doing that for a long else, time so. now. So I mean, uh, you almost would think it would be something, you know. Coming.
Okay, so the next thing on our list, you know what? Summer is a wonderful thing, you know? But sometimes it's just flat out incredible. Dun, 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 dun. So, yes, there's... Sorry, that was my transition. Yes, it was. <laughs> so we have the incredible summer coming over to the four parks in Walt Disney World. Yes, yes. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this all uh, turns out at Walt Disney World. Uh, what we can expect is that the Incredibles are going to take over Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom Park. Uh, their guests are going to party with Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, and Frozone from the Incredibles and soon-to-be Incredibles 2. Uh, Edna Mode, the greatest superhero costume designer, is also going to make her debut appearance at a Disney park. They're going to have to find now, somebody really e- short. Yes, darling. <laughs> now, each evening, guests are going to be enjoying a super dance party on the Rocket Tower stage. Uh, over at Epcot, the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be showing up. You want to talk about that? Oh, indeed. And this this is really cool. Now, I wish I had some details of exactly when during the day this happens. I don't know if this is going to be just something happens in the evenings or if it's a show that happens periodically throughout the day. There isn't enough details here uh, that I found about it. But Star-Lord and Gamora are going to join an alien band and you're going to go on a journey with them through the cosmos, and they're going to play songs from the awesome mixtapes 1 and 2. So some of your favorite classic rock songs are going to be played, and I figure this alien band, they're going to be playing it live, and perhaps their Star-Lord and Gomorrah might be singing them. That would be kind of fun. So I'm not sure all the details of how this is going to work, and I don't know how often throughout the day, but, I mean, this reminds me a lot of uh, the... the the group that used to go around in the Hollywood studios and they would play, you know, they would be like they were the gardeners, blood, sweat, and shears, mm-hmm. and they would play some yeah, classic yeah, yeah. rock songs. This is like bringing it to Epcot, which is kind of weird to have it at Epcot, but still, this is cool. <laughs> well, you know, Epcot had the Jamitas. Yeah, you had the Jamitas. They would play their traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, play the trash traveling game. band. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and one thing else that I forgot to put in our notes, but we should mention, is the Great Bird Adventure Explorers Meet Up and the Dinotastic Celebration for Donald Duck. It's going to debut at Disney's Animal Kingdom here this summer. Now, I've mentioned this before, the Explorers Meet Up, the Great Bird Adventure. This is where senior wilderness explorer Russell and his furry friend Doug are going to be out there to show the birds off like you normally had the Wings of Wonder. Well, I guess it's Wings of Wonder in Kansas City, but Flights of Fancy, I believe is what they called it over in Animal Kingdom. Or Flights mm-hmm. of Wonder. Flights of Wonder. Uh, I've got some video of that. I think uh, at some point we may have shared the audio, but at some point we ought to share that audio, I guess, again. Because uh, it's really good. And I don't mind reusing audio, but it's a really great show. I'm a fan of birds myself. And so it's basically they're they're trying to spruce up the bird show. And instead of Guado Joe, they're actually going to let Russell and Doug come out. So All right. Really cool. But uh, I have no idea about this. Donald Duck, the celebration for Donald Duck. I, I, I know Tastic. I have no idea what that is, but I, I guess it has something to do with Donald Duck taking over Dinoland USA uh, with a new character celebration. I don't know if this is a temporary thing or if this is a, you know, they're just trying to make the Dinoland a little bit more interesting. I haven't really heard anything about that. Have you? I have not. So this will be a, an interesting thing to see take place. Yep. All righty. And I think we should play another bit of music or, you know, maybe we should have a now nah, we'll, we'll do a story time later. Let's just play another quick bit of music and then come back and uh, and get real hungry. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Jeremy, have you ever heard of Rose Gold? Not really, I, except for when I, I was looking at this article before, and uh, it looks, it's, I guess it's an icing. Well, well, no, no, it is a color. It is a color that is extremely popular around the Disney resorts. Uh, last year, Disneyland and Disney World came out with rose gold ears. Uh, it's a headband with uh, rose gold sequins on it and a bow. And people have gone absolutely crazy for this thing. Uh, they've had to keep them behind uh, cashiers at the stores because people just come in and grab them. Uh, they've now introduced spirit jerseys, great big oversized sweatshirts in rose gold color. But, you know, it's not enough to wear rose gold. You now need to eat rose gold. <laughs> so you can turn your insides rose gold. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, co coming to Disney World, uh, they've got some sweets colored in rose gold. Um, as of right now, they've already got a rose gold cupcake at Sunshine Seasons in Epcot. It's a vanilla cupcake with a hazelnut swirl and rose gold buttercream, fondant ears, edible glitter, and chocolate pearls. Now, they're also going to be offering versions uh, in Hollywood Studios and in Magic Kingdom Park. Uh, specifically there, you're going to find a rose gold red velvet swirl cupcake topped with a mini vanilla cupcake, rose gold buttercream, chocolate crispy pearls, and chocolate rose gold mini ears at the Main Street Bakery. And over at Hollywood Studios, you're going to find strawberry rose gold cupcake with strawberry icing and crispy pearls at the Trolley Car Cafe. But that is not enough rose gold. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Outside of the park, they've got rose gold cupcakes as well. On the monorail loop around Magic Kingdom Park, Disney's Polynesian Village Resort is serving up a tropical rose gold vanilla cupcake with guava pastry cream at Captain Cook's and the Kona Cafe. And a rose gold margarita with lime and gold sugar rim could be arriving as well at the Barefoot Pool Bar Depot Cafe at a contemporary resort. Uh, it now has a rose gold vanilla cupcake with strawberry filling, vanilla buttercream, strawberry crispy pearls, and a dark chocolate rose gold mini hat. And Disney's uh, Grand Floridian Resort and Spa has a rose gold unicorn cupcake. Oh my goodness. With rose gold sponge and hazelnut cream cheese filling at Gasparilla Island Grill. And y'all should you see enough this. rose gold yet. <laughs> you should go if you go to the Disney Parks blog, they have photos. This unicorn one, it's a cupcake. It literally does have this big horn sticking right up the middle. <laughs> but we're not done with rose gold just yet. Oh my goodness. The All-Star Music Resort, Saratoga Springs Resort, and Old Key West Resort, you're going to find at those three resorts a rose gold chocolate cupcake with strawberry buttercream filling and topping, chocolate ears, and chocolate crispy pearls. Uh, those are respectively the Intermission Food Court, the Artist Plot, and Pat Grill. Finally... Finally, we've gotten to the end of the list. My it's Boardwalk. You'll find more cupcakes. Boardwalk Bakery has a rose gold yellow cupcake with rose mousse and topped with whipped cream frosting, rose gold mini ears, and rose gold crispy pearls. And at the Beach Club Marketplace and the Market at Ale and Compass, you're going to find strawberry chocolate mousse cupcake icing. So you can now wear your rose gold ears and your rose gold uh, shirt 
while eating rose gold cupcakes. I do not understand this in the least. I can understand eating cupcakes and stuff, but I don't know why everybody thought this color was just the greatest thing ever. I, I, I seem to be missing something. You know, um, I'll tell you, it's infected my family. Uh-oh. So uh, <laughs> They're down with the sickness. They are. They are, quite literally. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? You might need a ride home after that, and uh, you know we're just going to pour right into this next thing here. Especially if you eat all of those. Yes, if you eat all those, cup- although it would might benefit you to walk to your next location, <laughs> so you can work off those calories. But you know what? This minivan thing that they started up, which uh, I believe they partnered with Lyft to do this, it's a transportation service that you get from the airport and stuff like that. Uh, it's actually been expanded. Well, I guess the the before you could just get around. Uh, it was initially from the Disney Yacht and Beach Club and the Boardwalk Resorts, and you could get through the Wilderness and Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, the Glarian Floridian, the Polynesian Village, the Contemporary, Old Key West, Saratoga Springs, Caribbean Beach Resorts. Uh, they have now apparently expanding it to where Disney's Pop Century Resort can go to the front desk, and you can activate a point to point transportation. Also, now that they have, I guess, just rolled it into. Uh, some of the airport transportation. So you could pretty much use a minivan anywhere on the property now <laughs> to pick you up from the airport. They'll take you to your resort. You don't have to go and wait for the van. You just have to wait for one of these. Well, I mean bus, but you have to wait for one of these vans. Um, now, I think we, we did look at this before. The, this, I think, is you can have it as an extra cost for your stay that you can order these. That way you don't have to pay for it individually. I think they did have it set up like that. But apparently, though, this has been very, very popular because you can get your – you don't have to do the bus route where you're waiting. Okay, three more parks. We'll be at Epcot. You know, this is now you just call for this van. And it'll take you straight where you want to go with no wait. But you know what? There are other forms of transportation that are coming, and they're coming very soon, and it's pretty awesome. We actually talked about them oh, getting yes. the patent for this. Um, well, it's been a while. I guess it's yeah. within the last year we talked about the patent for this. Yeah, we talked about it uh, a little bit at our uh, year in review, and we talked about it uh, sometime 2017. You know, Disney World's got all sorts of transportation. They have these minivans. They've got uh, boats and ferries. They've got uh, monorails. They've got buses. And now they are going to have Skyliner gondolas. Uh, these are, uh, you know, basically gondolas that, uh, you know, are going to transport you between not all of them, but a few of the different resorts and the different parks. Uh, it's an innovative new transportation system that began many months ago. Uh, and we are just now seeing some of the support beams being installed. Mm-hmm. Um Right now, three beams are being installed to support it. The first beam was uh, put up just outside the entrance to Disney's Pop Century Resort, and it looms over the car exit lane. Uh, it's about the height of the tree line, or possibly even a little bit taller. Uh, it could be seen from Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort at quite a distance. Wow. Now, uh, they are expecting this system to begin operation sometime in 2019. Uh, but we know that... Uh, yeah, it's definitely on its way. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to see the construction, and it's, and it's nice that they can't really hide this. So you get to watch and yeah. build it. <laughs> and this would be an exciting way to travel around the, the resort area because, I mean, you've got – I mean, this is the property down there is huge. But to go and ride as long as you can handle the looking down from the heights, this would be really neat to be able to go and travel from one park to the other – Kind of similar how the monorail has uh, like a limited circuit that it goes, but this actually you could go from your hotel to uh, one of the parks apparently on a gondola 
over like, mm-hmm. going over everything so you get a good look and i'm sure it's not going to go like super fast but that's i, I don't know i like it i i, I would write mm-hmm. it because it would be part of the experience you know what mm-hmm. i mean well Oh yeah, and and you know the concept art for the cars are are interesting. You know, you could be riding along with Mickey and Minnie or with Goofy. You could have hitchhiking ghosts as part of the gondola. Even Beauty and the Beast could be on there as well. Well, that's just awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, you know, what, hopefully by 2019, you know, because I will have graduated and I will hopefully have a good solid job. Maybe we can afford to go out there because I would I would like to ride that in 2019. And isn't that also pretty close to perhaps the. Uh, Galaxy's Edge would be open around 2019, and that's the expected. Yeah. Game. So yeah. yeah, I could see this working out for you pretty well. You know, <laughs> you could literally fly over to uh, I forgot the name of the planet. <laughs> well, you fly to the park. Batu. Batu. Yes. So, and then of course you get on the Star Tours, and you will take your trip there. So, oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome. Uh, but I think yeah. it would be a good time. To maybe go and uh, visit the trailer park real quick. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't. Nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. I might be the only person. Who knows what you really are. What's that? Get ready. Thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. So this uh, th- this is kind of a funny thing, and I complained about this in one of my classes. I there was so much talk and rumor and speculation that the solo trailer would be shown during the Super Bowl at some point. And what did we get? We got a teaser for a teaser. Which was but, I got excited about. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, you know, especially being able to see the smoothest operator in the galaxy sitting right there. Yes, even if it's not played by Harrison Ford, which I know people are going to be nervous about this actor, but I'm going to give him a fair chance just because I'm excited for the idea of the film. And on Monday, we did finally get a. a this seems more like more of a teaser than a trailer because it didn't really give much away, which I'm fine with. Uh, but we do get the idea of Han Solo having, you know, recruited with the Empire because he really wants to be a pirate. He's a he's a scoundrel with a dream. He wants to be the best pilot uh, ever. So he's got a dream. He's got a dream. And it's going to he's going to work for the, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, uh, if 
you listen to the radio dramas of Star Wars, you get Luke wanting to kind of go through the Academy so he can learn to be a pilot as well, see? Mm-hmm. And now, clearly, that Academy has to be Imperial-run, so I see yeah. a very similar thing. So we see Han Solo going through an Imperial Academy. Uh, in the trailer, he mentions that they didn't let him think for himself, and I guess his thinking for himself was that he didn't like what they were doing with the Wookiees, and so... I'm I'm expecting you know we do get to see part of the story where he rescues Chewie from going to the uh, the salt mines there I believe on Kessel which is pretty much a death mm-hmm. sentence for the Wookies so we're gonna get to see that and, uh, oh and then and then some sort of story involving Woody Harrelson I believe is Han Solo's father where he's got some sort of heist or something and we're gonna get to see Han Solo go on a heist thing with Lando and we get to see the early version of the Millennium Falcon and oh my gosh I'm so excited. Who said that Woody Harrelson was Han Solo's father? Isn't that who he's supposed to be? I thought I heard that. And that would be no. perfect, though. I could see Woody Harrelson playing Han Solo's father. I, uh, I, I'm i going to reserve judgment on whether or not that's the case. It would be cool, but I, I thought I had heard that. <laughs> Didn't we read that somewhere? Not that I recall. Not that I recall. Only that he's important to the to the plan. Yeah. You know, but when, uh, when I said a smooth, when, when I mentioned a smooth operator, I wasn't talking about him. Oh, yes. I was talking about Lando Calrissian, that old smoothie. Oh, yeah. Good old Donald Glover. <laughs> yep. I am so, just just the look of Donald Glover in this movie has got me excited. <laughs> yes. I would be cool. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to see their first meeting, and I hope it goes far enough to where you see Han Solo win the Falcon from Lando. Well, well, what I, I will mention during that, uh, the, both the teaser of the teaser and the teaser itself, it looks like there's a Sopic game being played. Ooh! <laughs> and if and if uh, you know Han loses, then you know Chewie may tear somebody's arms off. You know. Hey, hopefully we can still see that happen. <laughs> you know, Han's got to have a reason to know that Wookies can do that, <laughs> exactly. especially when they're upset. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so and this is coming out May. I believe it's like it's it's right around Memorial Day. So I mean, this is my birthday movie. Happy birthday, mm-hmm. Jeremy! <laughs> You're 41. So I am, and wow, I'm going to be 41. <laughs> you get a Han Solo movie. <laughs> Most definitely. Now uh, I know we've got this a little bit further on down the list, but since we're talking Star Wars, you want to get into this right now? Well, sure. Let's jump here because the uh, the next thing that I had actually that I was going to list, I, I'm a little shaky and I don't understand reading of blueprints, but I'll just mention that there's been some uh, some permits done from uh, over the Disney parks that there's going to be a future world hotel being built somewhere near Epcot. So, uh, but I'm going to just kind of skip a few things down here and we'll uh, we'll just jump to uh, I guess you want to mention this uh, this little award here. Oh, you know what? I completely forgot about that. But yeah, I can talk about that right now. Sure. Uh, yeah, there was a. Uh, we're in award season. It's uh, you, you can't turn right without running into another award ceremony. Well, in this case, uh, uh, there was a uh, uh, the AARP, American Association of Retired Persons, uh, had its own award shows, uh, and they awarded Star Wars: The Last Jedi the best movie for grown-ups. Now, I love this now, because George Lucas had said that he made Star Wars for 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, and as we're speaking about George Lucas, did you hear what Ron Howard had to say about uh, his little visit to the solo set? I did not. 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. So apparently, George Lucas stopped by to, uh, on the very first day that Ron Howard was shooting, uh, just to kind of say hi, uh, do a little bit of uh, how's it going, and apparently he got to direct a little bit of the action in that first day of filming. So if you see a scene that's faster and more intense... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Actually, uh, Ron, uh, they, they were kind of forced with, had a little bit of a dilemma, uh, how... Han Solo would react and, and do something. And George said, well, Han would do this. And they took it from there. Cool. Uh, also, also another story that came out this week about Solo uh, is that uh, Harrison Ford actually spoke with Kathleen Kennedy and Ron Howard about some of the background information that he had created for the character. So there's a little bit more input there as well as to what makes Han Solo Han Solo. So Definitely some good stuff going on there. Uh, you know, definitely some of the original players are involved in some capacity. So I'm glad. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star Wars, A New Hope. You can also read along with a story in your book. Unless you are already programmed to know when the pages end, you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear this sound. I believe the storyteller is ready, so let us begin. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There was a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships fighting for freedom had won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, Rebel spies managed to steal secret design plans for the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's agents, Princess Leia of Alderaan raced home aboard her Rebel starship carrying the plans that could save her people. Suddenly, a laser blast rocked Princess Leia's starship. Inside, two droids, C-3PO and R2-D2, tried to steady themselves. The larger of the two, C-3PO turned to his small counterpart, R2-D2. We'll be destroyed for sure. This is madness. The starship began to shake, straining against an invisible force. It was caught in the tractor beam of an Imperial Star Destroyer and was being pulled into a docking bay. In a burst of flame, the hatch to the Rebel starship was opened and Imperial stormtroopers poured in, firing in every direction. The Rebel soldiers were quickly overtaken. A massive, black-cloaked figure stepped through the charred doorway. It was the Dark Lord of the Sith, the feared Darth Vader. In another part of the ship, C-3PO was looking for R2-D2, whom he'd lost during the attack. Following the familiar sound of his friend, C-3PO came across a beautiful woman kneeling in front of the little droid. She turned and quickly slipped into the shadows. There you are. Where have you been? Mission? What mission? C-3PO followed the little droid as he entered an escape pod. 
I'm going to regret this. A pod burst from the ship and headed for Tatooine, the planet below. Within moments, Princess Leia was captured and brought before the Dark Lord. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to this ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are a part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. On the desert planet of Tatooine, C-3PO and R2-D2's escape pod had landed. No sooner had they disembarked than they were captured by the Jawas, a group of little hooded creatures. My doom. Do you think they'll melt us down? Scavengers by nature, the Jawas claimed the droids as their own and sold them to Owen Lars, a moisture farmer and guardian of Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke, take these two over the garage, will you? I want you to have both of these cleaned up before dinner. As C-3PO was lowered into an oil bath, Luke began to clean the little R2 unit. You got a lot of carbon scoring here. It looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. With all we've been through, sometimes I'm amazed we're in as good condition as we are. What with the rebellion and all? You know of the rebellion against the Empire? That's how we came to be in your service, if you take my meaning, sir. Excited by this link to the rebellion, Luke turned back to R2-D2 and discovered an object in his head rotation joint. Well, my little friend, you've got something jammed in here real good. Were you in a star cruiser or a... There was a flash of light, and suddenly, R2-D2 began projecting a holographic image of Princess Leia into the center of the room. Luke sat there, dazzled. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who is she? She's beautiful. The stubborn R2 unit refused to play back the entire message. C-3PO interpreted the little droid's mechanical beeps for Luke. He says that he is the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a resident of these parts, and it's a private message for him. I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. I beg your pardon, sir, but do you know what he's talking about? Well, I don't know anyone named Obi-Wan, but old Ben lives out beyond the Dune Sea. He's kind of a strange old hermit. Fearing that the droids may have been stolen, Luke set off to deliver them to Ben Kenobi, along with a secret message. Luke presented Ben with the droids. I saw part of a message R2-D2 was to... I seem to have found it. General Kenobi. Oh, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Ben turned to Luke. I was once a Jedi Knight, like your father. My father was a Jedi? Yes, and this was his lightsaber. Ben handed Luke the sword. He wanted you to have it when you were old enough. You should learn the ways of the Force, if you're to come with me to Alderaan. I can't leave here. 
I'll take you as far as Anchorhead. Oh, you must do what you feel is right, of course. On their way to Anchorhead, Luke, Ben, and the droids came across the Jawa sand crawler, destroyed by Imperial troops. If they traced the robots here, they may have learned who they sold them to, and that would lead them back home. Wait, Luke! It's too dangerous! But Luke was already in his land speeder and gone. When he arrived at the farm, he was devastated to find all that he had ever known destroyed and smoldering. Sadly, he returned to Ben. I want to come with you to Alderaan. There's nothing here for me now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Though their destination was clear, they still needed a ship and a pilot to take them there. The best place to find a pilot was the Mos Eisley Cantina, home to a strange assortment of creatures from throughout the galaxy. Ben took Luke around and made some introductions. Chewbacca here. He's first mate on a ship that might suit us. The tall Wookiee led them to a table off in the corner, where they met a rough-looking star pilot. I'm Solo. I'm the captain of the Millennium Falcon. You guys got yourself a ship. We'll leave as soon as you're ready, docking Bay 94. While Luke and Ben set off to sell the land speeder for some extra money, Han returned to his ship, only to be met by the hideous gangster Jabba the Hutt. The vicious Hutt demanded the money that Han owed him. The captain tried to gain some time. I got a nice easy charter now. Pay you back plus a little extra. Jabba agreed, but he made it clear that if Han failed again, he would put such a high price on his head that he wouldn't be able to go anywhere without an army of bounty hunters waiting to collect it. This is the end of side one. Please turn the page and turn the tape over. The Millennium Falcon took off, racing toward Alderaan. Meanwhile, at Alderaan, the Death Star had just entered orbit. On board, Darth Vader was taking the Princess to the commander of the space station. Princess Leia, before your execution, I would like you to be my first guest at a ceremony that will make this battle station fully operational. No star system will dare oppose the Emperor now. He turned to the technician. You may fire when ready. A beam of light shot out of the Death Star, and the planet Alderaan exploded in a tremendous fireball. At the same moment, the Millennium Falcon came out of hyperspace and was suddenly pelted with debris from the destroyed planet. The only thing seemingly intact was a small moon nearby. That's no moon. That's a space station. Ben's right. Suddenly, the ship shook violently. Han grabbed the controls. We're caught in a tractor beam. They're pulling us in. When the Falcon docked, the Imperial search crew jumped on board. But they found the ship empty. Shaking their heads in disbelief, they left. Han, along with the others, emerged from secret compartments and climbed aboard the Death Star. While Ben set off to deactivate the tractor beam, 
R2 plugged into a Death Star computer and discovered that Princess Leia was aboard. Luke persuaded Han and Chewbacca to help him rescue her. They knocked out some guards, took their uniforms, and disguised themselves as stormtroopers, escorting their prisoner, Chewbacca. Once inside the detention block, they located Leia's cell. She was startled as her door opened and an unusual stormtrooper entered. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Suddenly, lasers were exploding around them. The Imperial troops had our heroes completely covered. They forced them down a hallway with no means of escape. <laughs> this is some rescue. When you came in here, didn't you have a plan for getting out? The princess grabbed Luke's blaster and ripped open a hole in the wall. Into the garbage chute, flyboy. One by one, they all dove into the hole, landing safely in a huge garbage bin. Without warning, the walls began to close in on them. They landed in a trash compactor. It took all their strength to keep the four sides from crushing them. And for a while, it didn't look good. Then Luke suddenly remembered the droids. He contacted them on his comlink and instructed R2 to shut down all the garbage mashers. Everyone escaped with barely a scratch. Meanwhile, Ben had deactivated the tractor beam. Stealthily, the old Jedi made his way back through the hallways to the Falcon. And suddenly, he felt the presence of the Dark Lord. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now, I am the master. On went his lightsaber. Ben quickly ignited his sword, too. Only a master of evil, Darth. You can't win. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Luke and his friends arrived at the docking bay where the Falcon was in sight. But there was a strange commotion going on at one end, and a group of stormtroopers were watching it closely. It was the battle between the Dark Lord and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Vader would swing, and Ben would block. But when the old Jedi saw Luke, a serene look came over him. He stopped fighting, closed his eyes, and raised his sword to his face. Vader swept his lightsaber through Obi-Wan's cloak. But suddenly he was gone. Only his robes, in a crumpled heap, remained. Luke was horrified. No! The stormtroopers spun around and opened fire. Leia and the droids raced to the ship as Han, Chewbacca, and Luke fired back. Within seconds, the Millennium Falcon shot out of the docking bay. But it was not alone. Four Imperial TIE fighters were hot on its trail. Han showed Luke the gun ports. Come on, buddy, we're not out of this yet. The attack was severe. But our young heroes won. Afterward, they arrived at Rebel headquarters with the Death Star plans. But Darth Vader had placed a homing beacon aboard the Millennium Falcon, and the Imperial Death Star was approaching. Using the secret plan, the Rebels launched their ships and headed straight for the Death Star. They zoomed across the surface of the space station as enemy laser cannons fired back. 
it soon became obvious that the Imperial troops had to fight the rebels ship to ship. Waves of TIE fighters screamed out of the Death Star and attacked. Even Darth Vader himself manned a fighter. The Empire was gaining ground. One rebel pilot had failed to hit the weak spot of the space station. Now, it was up to Luke. But Vader was right on Luke's heels. The Force is strong with this one. As Vader was about to fire, a laser shot ripped past him and hit his wingman. The explosion sent Vader's ship spinning into space. You're clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. It was Han. As Luke raced to hit the target, he heard Ben's voice. Use the force, Luke. Luke fired two proton torpedoes at the Death Star. It was a direct hit. The rebel ships raced into hyperspace, just as the space station exploded in a tremendous flash. With the destruction of the Death Star, the rebels had won one of their great victories over the Empire. Hundreds of rebel troops gathered together to honor Han Solo and Luke Skywalker for their heroic deeds during the battle. Princess Leia awarded the two men with medals of valor as the crowd cheered their triumph. Through the happiness, however, the rebels knew that though the dreaded Death Star had been destroyed, the Empire, the Emperor, and Darth Vader were still in power and a threat to freedom. But all that would have to wait until the next adventure. All right, so now we've come back from uh, another break here. Uh, well, you know what? This is kind of a, an interesting time to be a Star Wars fan. This does raise a few questions, though, I think. But uh, there's some new Star Wars news. Yes. Um, apparently, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, uh, who are producers for Game of Thrones, are now preparing their own trilogy of Star Wars films alongside Brian Johnson. Um, there's this... But here's the interesting thing. If you look at that article, it doesn't say trilogy. It just says series. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. It's, uh... So we don't know how many films this could be. Mm-hmm. And and while they're doing it alongside Brian Johnson, it, they're not going to be directly involved with his trilogy. Yeah, so this is a brand new set of characters, even. Mm-hmm. Not, con- not connected with the Skywalkers, not connected with a, whatever Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to be, which not, is also not Skywalker. Not connected with the kid who uh, forced pulled the broom to him. Yeah, apparently <laughs> not. So, th- I mean, this is, in one, some ways, I'm like, oh, cool, some more Star Wars movies. But another way, it makes me a little nervous that they're just churning out as much Star Wars as they possibly can, and they're going to wear it out. You know, I, I do worry about that. You know, we've been churning out Marvel movies now for 10 years. Does that feel like it's being worn out? To some people, it is. Uh, like if we had Tim Nidell from Saturday Morning Rewind here with us, he's kind of bored with Marvel movies. Hmm. Now, I wonder how now, I'm still enjoying them oh, myself. And, and I as well. And I am really looking forward to Black Panther coming out. And, you know, yeah. to all of the culmination of everything that's been building up, coming up with uh, Infinity War and Avengers 4. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, which, yeah. by the way, Black Panther, hundred percent, the first Marvel film, hundred uh, percent, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's gonna. I am be... so excited. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, I can understand where concern is. Uh, you know, certainly we've seen a lot of fan backlash uh, against the Last Jedi again. As you mentioned earlier, we've addressed a lot of the concerns that people may have had with the movie. And, you know, I think a lot of the concerns that we have seen have been pretty, eh, it's not my Star Wars type of uh, yeah. <laughs> attitude. Um, is there a concern about it being watered down? Yeah. Um, but Disney purchased Star Wars with the intention of expanding it. Um, you know, we're getting new lands at Disney World and Disneyland. We are getting... You know, we've had this, you know, great Rebels uh, series that's been uh, showing, which is uh, coming back to end their fourth and final season this Saturday, the 19th. Or no, Monday. One week from uh, this Monday. Uh, they'll begin the last So after episodes. Planet Comic Con. So exactly. you can all can come to Planet Comic Con, then still make it home in time to watch it. That's right. <laughs> you know, we've, we've had, you know, the expanded universe of comics and books coming out uh, to support the uh, what what is new about Star Wars. So, you know, yeah, they'd have to be preparing. They're looking at the long-term plan for Star Wars here. And, you know, apparently mm-hmm. these discussions uh, have been going on for quite some time with these two producers. So this isn't something brand new that uh, Lucasfilm is uh, saying, oh, you know what? These two guys, are they're going to have their series finished in a, uh, a year or so, so we're going to be putting them on to Star Wars as soon as they're done with that. No, this is something that's been going on uh, or has been in discussions for quite some time. So... Uh, you know, yeah, let's see. And the, it's part of this is I, I'm still kind of excited because, you know, despite Disney in, in some ways becoming a bit more of a movie factory than a movie studio because they're churning out movies faster than you can say, oh, look, another Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. But they're all I've been enjoying them all. So I'm like, well, I'm still going to enjoy it, but I'm afraid of Star Wars becoming just a franchise and not, you know, those the, the trilogy movies that were so special. When we were young, it's going to be like the James Bond series, which I enjoy James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, James Bond, we don't think of any particular set of movies as being these were the James Bond movies. Uh, you know, Bond. it's it's yeah. Well, yeah, you could think of it that way. But it's but it's a franchise. And Sean Connery, you you're thinking, well, that's an era. You're not thinking of like maybe three particular films that became that was it. You know, so, I mean, Star Wars is really going to become more of just that franchise and not that special type of thing Mm -hmm. to, you know, I I can't explain it any better than that. I really feel like I should explain it better, but I I think, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just, it's not going to be as special. Mm -hmm. Well, and and, it's just going to be a film franchise. And and I can understand that, especially where we have franchises like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, where the quality is just kind of not been as great. Yeah. It wore out. It's welcome a long time ago. Exactly. (laughs) But you know, where that, that, the series of films has been primarily through an outside producer, you know, which truthfully um, uh, it, it was, um, and yeah. driven by Johnny Depp, you know, a single character rather than a number of recurring characters. And, and you can make an argument about uh, 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 Jeffrey Rush's character, but uh, you know, the thing is with Marvel and with Star Wars, you've got uh, a single person up at the top. You know, whether it's Kevin Feige or Kathleen Kennedy, who are making the decisions and and trying their best to, you know, take care of everything as it goes forward. 
you know, with all of the Marvel movies that we've had, there hasn't been any that has not succeeded at what it's been trying to do. You know, you can't point and say that there's been a horrible uh, Marvel film. Uh, I know there are concerns about Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. Um, not quite. I still enjoyed both of them. <laughs> exactly. I still enjoyed them yeah. both. Um, and yeah. everything else They're still fun. With. Yeah, I mean, Batman was such a different way to present one of these movies, you know, as a heist. You know, and I know that there's a lot of concern and worry right now that they're focusing too much on humor and not enough on grand Shakespearean. But, you know, no one ever said it had to be that way. Yeah, and last time I read a Marvel comic, I don't. I, I kind of remember that it was humorous a bit, and it wasn't a Grand Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, I, I, I'm sure if you ask Stan Lee, uh, he'd say, you know, true believers, you got to have the humor and the pathos, and that's a really bad Stan Lee impersonation. But uh... yes, it is. <laughs> but Stan Lee had a weird sense of humor, a goofy sense of humor that comes out in his writing. Exactly. I mean, he had the drama and stuff in his stuff when you read his old classic, but he had a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and a lot of alliteration. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, when, when it comes to Star Wars, you know, looking at it from where we're at now, we've got 10 movies. Is that right? I could be wrong. Ah! Yeah, we've got 10 movies with uh, Solo coming out. We've got. Okay. Um, with an eleventh coming, <laughs> exactly. You know, we have Clone Wars, we've got Rebels, uh, we've got so many comic book series going on right now. They're all. Uh, I think they're still talking and, about that live action TV show too. Yes, that uh, we're going to have when Disney premieres their new streaming service next year. Uh huh. Um, you know, and I would bet dollars to donuts that there's even more in the works that we don't know about just yet. Yeah. Um, so we know there's another animated series on its way. Um, in fact, I know Lucasfilm has been advertising, or not advertising, but put out a job listing for an animation director uh, to to get involved. So there's there's a lot of stuff that's coming down the line that they are just, you know, that they're waiting to release and give us information for. But there's a lot of thought going into everything that's going on. Uh, if you want to, you know, just take a look at... Uh, Pablo Hidalgo or Leland Chi's tweets, they are constantly thinking about uh, where this, you know, okay, franchise is going and, you know, where all of everything needs to connect and where all of those, you know, what is Star Wars and what's the basis of, of it? It's not just the Skywalkers. It's not just the Force. It's not just uh, outer space fantasy. They're connecting everything and they're they're finding ways so that Everything can be still be linked, and it's still cohesive, and it's still familiar while exploring new and fantastic visions. Yeah, I think Solo's really going to be a big step in that direction because you're you're going to basically get a heist movie, and the you know the force might be mentioned somewhere because maybe we'll find out how Han Solo has such a skeptical opinion of it mm-hmm. when we first encounter him in A New Hope. So there's a lot that that we might see outside of the world of the Force and Jedi uh, in the sort of, you know, shadier sides of the galaxy. So this could be a good introduction to bring us into a whole new way of looking at the Star Wars galaxy. Oh, yeah. And and let's hope that one of those shadier characters that shows up happens to be a 900-year-old, well, not a Yoda creature, but another one who's seen those eyes before. 
Oh, yes. This would be a good time to kind of uh, bring her in as an earlier character. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to see Boba Fett show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that can be done and, you know, some familiar characters. And I like getting new characters. So I'm I'm still – part of me, like I said, is very excited for more. But I just hope that they, you know, there there's that chance of finally – hitting the wall and breaking everything mm-hmm. where some people feel like the last Jedi did that for them. But right. there's just that chance that eventually they're just going to play it out too far. And I, I, I just, I just hope they can keep it going solidly, but you know, I am pretty confident Disney has been able to put out quality films in succession for the most part. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, but I'm sure this will come up again. We've been working on uh, a, a, a conversation pretty much between like Walt's era, post Walt, 80s, the 90s, the modern renaissance, and we're going to have a nice discussion. I've been preparing this for weeks and weeks, and hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll get a chance to actually do this, but as it stands, you know, next week is going to be all about Planet Comic Con, and that may go on for a while, but uh, we're, we're going to have a conversation about how things have changed within the Disney company, and now, I mean, with Fox being part of the whole dynamic, I mean, things could really be moving. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're in a good time. Uh, there's a lot happening. And, you know, I, I, I've got on record here before. I think The Last Jedi needed to break a few things. Uh, we had to deconstruct and uh, we had to change course a little bit so that we can, you know, continue getting something new in the future. And I'm perfectly fine with that because, for me, it was a regression in a story. Uh, you never want to meet your heroes. And uh, sometimes... They need to be inspired themselves. So, uh, again, I'm looking forward to what's in store. Okay, so one final thing we want to talk about. Now, what does a mole rat, a computer genius, a high school cheerleader, and a, a, a stoppable guy have in common? I don't know. What's the sitch? I don't know. I never watched this show, but well, impossible. Somebody, oh, well, I was just going to say, so I hope somebody can call me, beat me if they need to reach me. Deep, 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 deep. Oh, that's the Power Ranger beep. Never mind. I know that <laughs> her phone beeps. <laughs> <laughs> so, but okay, so Kim Possible ran for 87 episodes launching in 2002, was nominated for an Emmy in 2003 for Outstanding Animated Program, had two animated movies on the Disney Channel, uh, the Kim Possible movie, So the Drama, and then Kim Possible, A Stitch in Time, and was voiced by Christy Carlson Romano with Will Friedel voicing Ron, which he will be at Planet Comic Con, Will Friedel. Right, right. Uh, now, I didn't watch this show, but I have gotten to, uh, uh, I forgot the, the guy's name, but if you go back a few years, I did record some audio with an artist who was the designer of Kim Possible, who designed the look of the series. Uh, he didn't animate it, but he designed the look of it, this artist, and I cannot think of his name, unfortunately, but uh, a few years ago, he was at Toonfest. But now, a live-action movie script has been will, will be written by series creators Mark McCorkle, and Robert Shuley, and who they're also going to executive produce. Uh, Josh Kagan is going to write this with Zan Devine serving as executive producer and also be co-directed and, and produced by Adam B. Stein and Zach Lepofsky. Yes, this is a live-action Kim Possible movie. But here's the thing. It's a Disney Channel movie. I personally think, because of the current 
trend of a lot of you know female heroines being brought to the screen and there's kind of a drive for for more of them and i like when it's done right when it's done right and we just you know hey they're just there and we don't spend so much time saying oh look i'm a strong female you know like star wars i think it's done great it's like you know we wanted some more female characters and they just did it and nobody's made a big deal of it inside the movie unlike what i've seen on the cw where they're trying to have strong females and they have to go around saying hashtag feminist every five minutes when you do it right and you bring these female characters in, it's a fantastic thing. And so I think if they did this right and they introduced Kim Possible without having to worry about any backstory or canon of the cartoon, they could introduce this character to a whole new audience while still entertaining the classic audience. Uh, I, I really think that they should develop this in some fashion to go ahead into theaters. I bet it would work. Well, now, granted, some of the names are a little cheesy. I mean, Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable. It's a little cheesy, but, you know, I think you can make it work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and throw in a CGI naked mole rat in there, and we're doing good. As long as we uh, avoid the Disney Channel musical. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is Disney Channel movies, I'm personally, I'm not a fan of these Disney Channel movies, but they do have a fan base. That is undeniable. They have had a fan base. Descendants, even though I think it looks terrible, there's fans of that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And if they're enjoying it, then let them enjoy it. And this movie, I don't know if when it gets done, if I'm going to enjoy it or not, because I've not watched any Kim Possible. I am curious of it, so I might check it out, but I might be completely confused because I know nothing about this. So... Well, I, yeah, I, I, there's that. <laughs> well, I, I, I have seen a few episodes. I can't say that I, you know, sat down and watched everything uh, related to Kim Possible, but I enjoyed the series when it was on. Uh, so knowing that uh, the creators are involved and they're a part of this, it uh, definitely is a, a good thing. Uh, so hopefully they yeah. can keep everything, you know, central to you know what the core of the characters really are, and, and we don't have, you know, where where they can show and not tell who these characters are and what they represent, what they stand for, and what they believe in. Yep, so here's hoping that this is going to be something cool, but it looks like the script isn't even written. It's just right now, it's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So this, I would I would expect this might be, you know, somewhere around 2019 we'll probably hear of this coming onto the Disney Channel. And who knows, maybe by that time they'll also say, hey, you know what, this is turning out to be really good. Let's make this for theaters. Yeah, could be, could be. I'd like to see it happen because I, I think they could make it work. So, but we better wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, we want to remind everybody, Jeremy and I are going to be at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City this uh, coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That is the uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th, uh, along with mm-hmm. Adrian Roth. Uh, Adrian's going to be at booth 1338 all three days. Uh, we've got our panel in room 255B at 3.30 on Friday the 16th. All three of us are going to be out, I hope all three of us are going to be there. I may uh, be sticking out at the booth to uh, just make sure that everything runs smoothly there. But uh, we're excited. To, uh, well, we hope everyone You should be in. able to come to the panel. They, we have heard from Planet Comic Con organizers that they can send somebody to take care of the booth while you come to the panel. So you should be able to be there all at right, the panel. Well, I got my Neverland t-shirt packed. Awesome. I will have all three of them in my closet ready to go. But I want to make sure everybody knows planetcomicon.com so you can order your tickets online. 
make sure you visit the website. Once again, planetcomicon.com. And, of course, this is all happening at Bartle Hall, so make a plan. You're probably going to have to pay to park, or maybe you can take some transportation. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have minivans, but you can get it with Uber, Lyft. You could take the uh, – we do have a streetcar that runs down Grand – or Main Street, sorry. I was thinking Grand because we had the street spinner there because – but you can take a streetcar and actually walk a couple of blocks. It may be pretty cold this coming weekend. I haven't looked ahead at the weather. Right now, our weather people are batting 0 for 3 on snowstorms. Because uh, last Sunday was supposed to be light dusting. We got 2 inches. We were supposed to have a snowmageddon here on Wednesday. The weekend, the Saturday, we are supposed to have another snowmageddon. None of that has happened. We had a light dusting today. So uh, I don't know if we can really predict what the weather's going to be like, but that is an option. Take the streetcar. You get off on the right on the, the proper street, which I did before. You walk about two block, blocks uphill, and you can get there. So there's a way around the parking issue. Uh, but I definitely recommend coming on down. If you hadn't planned to do it, let's go ahead and make the plan now. I did say, I think, when Tim Nidell was on that he should come. I don't know if he's coming or not. He hasn't told me if he's coming, but he could introduce me to Jim Cummings because he's interviewed him twice, and I want to get Jim Cummings on the show. So... <laughs> Well, and, and I'll admit, I took a look at uh, the forecast here, and while it is going to be cold, uh, we know that on Friday, it's going to be sunny, Saturday sunny, and Sunday will be sunny, so let's hope that holds out. Yeah, yeah let's hope the weatherman got it right, because sunny could also mean blizzard. <laughs> This, this is Missouri, after all. Our weather is so crazy around here sometimes. Being like the middle of the, of the country, it's we get a mixture of all the weird air blending together and causing really, really wacky stuff. So <laughs> just be prepared. But either way, you're going to have a good time if you're coming out here. And make sure you come to our panel because it'll be fun. Most definitely. But real fast, before we go, we do have some listener feedback that I would like to share from Justina. I don't think it's pronounced Shave or Shav. Uh, but she said on Facebook, I learned a fun fact on the Neverland podcast today with Jeremy. Peter Pan turned 65 years old today. So think a happy thought and go to Second Star to the right. Off to Neverland. And I really appreciated that. Uh, she's known as the Green Butterfly uh, with like Arrow Squad. And I think she's she's now part of the hosting team of that i'm not sure but i haven't listened to arrow squad in a while because i haven't been watching arrow in a while uh it's you know a lot of the cw shows i i don't know this season has not been good but uh she also had mentioned at least she sent me a message that she wants to become an official pixie she hasn't filled out one of our forms yet but i have a feeling she'll be a pixie green butterfly so we'll be looking for that and we do appreciate your feedback and everybody you know feel free to send us an email leave comments on the website Leave comments in our group. We have a fan page. Uh, in fact, you'll hear all about it in our closer. So we'll just go ahead and play that now. And we'll see you next week from Planet Comic Con. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. 
We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.